0: I'd like to invite you along the Camino with me. I'm Holly Brock and welcome to the playful ponderings of my particular pilgrimage along the Camino de Santiago. There might be some stuff in this next story that you've never thought about or not quite like this, which is exactly why I've titled it Magic Shows and Concerts. But just try to enjoy. Picture it, imagine it, because you might never look at nature the same again. Now, Magic Shows and Concerts. I came upon a hen perched in the middle of the trail. This was an alternativo route headed to Saria, where the Camino de Santiago wound through a rural area. I had already stopped a little ways back to soak in the birdsong that richly adorned the stage of the trail, and after looking around to see if anyone was near, told the cows about my day. I feel sure they will get a good laugh with Jesus about this the next time he blesses this part of the way again." Now the trail was winding through a farm of sorts with some old wooden structures dotting the sides. The hen made no move, even as I knelt beside her. There was definitely something odd happening. She kept still a stone and although wouldn't look at me directly, she was definitely keeping an eye on me. She kept making this slow, rumbling croak. Then, ugh, my stomach lurched as I noticed movement under her. The only explanation I could imagine for what was happening was that she had been injured and some organ was loose beneath her, and I was disrupting her arduous last moments. Almost everything in me wanted to run away, revolted by what I thought was happening. I started to rise when alakazam, a tiny chick, poked its head out from under her. The movement I had noticed and completely misinterpreted was the chick under her, This was a mama sheltering her baby. How wonderful. This scene switching from horror to pure joy. Is there any other word for this than magic? A fellow pilgrim walked up, and although we did not speak the same spoken language, we shared the deeper one of merriment and playfulness as we watched this magic show of nature. That curious little chick, much to his mother's dismay, would pop in and out of the safe place she was holding for him. Magic indeed, right here on this trail. I laughed out loud as I realized this little rascal reminded me very much of one of my sons, who, had he been a chick, would be acting just the same. And if that chick was my son, then that hen was me, and I knew she felt so proud of him, even as she clucked for him to behave himself. There he was again, appearing out of thin air, and abracadabra disappearing again. We giggled together, we pilgrims, and were held spellbound, unable to take our eyes off of this act of wonder. But even as we gazed, we realized that the show wasn't over. Soon, another chick poked first just her head out, then made her own grand entrance onto the rocky stage, and maybe it was just me but I felt it was with a little flourish, just like the way one of my daughters would have entered. How wonderful. Then another chick and another. I pictured that brave little chick ducking back under his mama to his siblings who were waiting for his report and him saying, Come on out, the weather's fine, building their courage with every brave journey he made. And like the magician who puts a single handkerchief into his sleeve and pulls out a string of them, we counted four, five, six, and on up to 12 chicks. Joy is a powerful weapon. It breaks down barriers faster than anything else I know. We pilgrims were slapping each other on the back and laughing with glee because we had seen this progression of tiny magic tricks of nature live before our eyes. 12 chicks had been hiding under that hen how wonderful life bursting forth a bonafide magic show right here on a farm in Northwest Spain. It invites my mother hen heart back through space to the place that I get to call home and to the six chicks that have made it. So I see them running barefoot and free in the sunlight and fresh air of our green yard, much like these precious chicks. We humans made out of this same creational fabric of nature, we want to grow too, as does the yard and the woods and the garden sprawling out around that old white house we call home. My husband and I affectionately call it our own personal jungle because it seems to grow before our very eyes. Creation, it seems, really, really likes to grow. We are so accustomed to things growing that we seldom ask why they grow so tenaciously. So walking the Camino de Santiago means being submerged in nature day upon day, and its power is irrefutable, irrefutably good. It's the fresh air, the sun, the rain, the expansive sky. It's the sounds of nature interspersed with the silence of it. It's being inundated with things growing, growing all around. Yes, it's all of this that does us good, but maybe there's more to it. Perhaps nature is pointing to a more fundamental, even primordial time and place held in the physical DNA of nature and connecting us to a state of being remembered in our spiritual DNA. Perhaps it's pointing back to creation itself. I want to pause here because the word creation might turn some people off. We might have differing opinions about how the earth came to be, but my point is not to get you to think how I think, I hope that even just for this moment, we can share a story. One of the best storytellers of all time and master craftsmen of holy imagination was C.S. Lewis. In the Chronicles of Narnia, he describes Jesus as a massive lion named Aslan. Now picture this massive lion literally roaring creation into existence The scene begins with everything in darkness and then with a primordial roar, light begins to separate from the dark. The first song. He begins to pace as he sings again and everywhere he trods, creation begins to take form. Over the next four songs, sky and land, water and earth, plants and trees, sun and moon, fish and birds, and all kinds of animals spring up into being. After each song, and now held as a blessing over all that is in existence, Aslan roars, it is good. Heavens to Betsy, I can only imagine, but hang on, because the concert is not over. Perhaps Aslan fell silent, enjoying the teeming, verdant life before him. If there was a moment when Aslan paused, it was for a dramatic pause, preparing for the finale. Perhaps creation itself called forth the encore. There was one final song in this creation concert and get this this one ends with it is very good. Do you know what was created in this last song? Quoting the account of this in Genesis 1. So God created man in his own image and the image of God he created him male and female. He created them uniquely differently than what had been created before. Here we come and we're We are made in the image of God and very good were the words spoken over us. What do you picture? I find myself standing up straighter because of this, feeling royal blood flowing through my veins and having clear eyes and seeing others like that too. The story goes on to say that God placed them in that fresh garden of Eden where they all walked and talked together. This is all amazing But what I'm pondering as I walk along this Camino is the ground itself, the actual actual terra firma under me. Here's why. Back to the creation story. Now you would hear minor chords enter the song as something really sad happens. These fresh and verdant humans choose to do the thing that Aslan instructs them for their own peace not to and this activated tremendous shame and a heavier burden in them and us than we were designed to bear. It gets more dramatic though. In response, a curse was spoken on the ground. Wait, what? The curse is on the ground? The ground is cursed? If there was a curse to bear, it seems like Adam and Eve were the ones that should bear it. But this becomes a keen insight into God's love for us that we see played out through time. He chose instead to curse the ground. And this is what I wrestle with now, that the ground may be existing under a curse. I ponder this as I walk. Then I sit and look at the dirt and everything growing up from it. If this is what nature is like under such a bane, what the heck would it be like if it was unfettered? And amazingly, nature seems not to have responded with bitterness, but with such tenacity, with a commitment to grow. Incredible. Yet what does it endure, and maybe even endure for our sakes? I have heard creation described as groaning, like maybe it's in pain. But maybe pain is not quite it. I wonder if it's like when it's your birthday, And there's a huge package you're dying to open. And your mom says, not yet, not yet. You know, the moment is coming, but the waiting, ah, that's a groan from the pain of waiting. Maybe creation has such a desire to grow freely again into the fullness it knows it has that it's groaning. I don't do this because there's a group of pilgrims walking by, but I want to shout to the ground and everything that grows up from it, hang on, the day is coming, and what a day it will be. I look at the dirt and the rocks and the flowers and the trees now, I can only imagine what will it be like when the curse is lifted, when all things are made new, what colors, what scents, what flavors will be unfurled, what secrets do weeds hold? How tall will trees grow? What else will change about the nature we are familiar with now? What does it look like when all things are made new? And what part do we play in this? What if I told you of a time to come when the wolf will live with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the goat and the calf and the lion together? Where the chicks will run for you without fear? Where what springs from the unfettered ground will blow our minds. Trees might triple in height. Weeds might bear the most delectable fruits and exquisite flowers. Where rain might taste like the nectar of the gods. Where all things will be made new. And the new earth that is coming. That's like all the magic shows and concerts I can imagine rolled together. It's the longing of us and of all of creation. But more so of the Creator. Over all of time and space, through all of the ages and epochs, is roared an Amen. Let it be so.